everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mindset to Mastery, the podcast. I am your host, Keisha A. Rivers, President and Chief Outcome Facilitator of the CARS Group, where we facilitate outcomes. Um, thank you for joining me in another episode. Um, every week, we do 30 minutes of tips, strategies, actionable items to assist you in changing your mindset and mastering your success. And on uh, some occasions, we entertain you know, questions from listeners, we do case studies, um, and sometimes we have what I call mic side chats. And mic side chats are pretty much where I talk to you a little bit about my perspective personally from something that has happened or um, a situation that I've come upon that has affected me in a personal way. And so instead of necessarily bringing this to your attention from a standpoint of something that could be applied to your work setting um, or to professional or personal development, you know, in some cases it, it could still serve that purpose. Um, but they're just things that as a woman and as a woman of color and as a professional and as an entrepreneur, I want to bring to you in terms of something that may make you think differently about what you're doing and how you're doing it and, and ways that this impacts you. And um, today's episode, I wanted to ask a question. Do you really see me? And this is something that has come up for me on several occasions um, because recently it seems like I've had more and more conversations with people where the phrase, I don't see color, quote unquote, has come up more and more. And to be honest, I was a bit conflicted about the reaction that I had hearing, um, hearing this and what, what it's caused in me. Because on one hand, I understand that the, the way it's being used in the context meant that they're, the person is simply trying to convey that they don't judge people based on skin color or race and they, they see people for who they are. And, you know, but on the other hand, I honestly don't believe that you can truly see me or anyone else if you don't see color. And, and what I mean by this is, is not to discount anyone trying to or diminish anyone's um, you know, attempts to really be focused on who people are. It's just that in this day and age with people being as diverse as they are, it's difficult not to see color. It's difficult not to see what that someone's of a different race. It's part of the physical attributes that make you describe them. It's like I don't see height um, or I don't see hair color or I don't see eye color um, or I don't see gender. You know, there are certain aspects that make us who we are that you see, especially if it's something physically there that you can't not see. And I know this has kind of come up because when you know, President Barack Obama was elected, you know, elected, that seemed to be the validation that people were looking for to finally to be able to say, hey, we've made it. We're now living in a post-racial America. So we can we please stop talking about race and racism now? And by people, I'm not singling out black people or white people or any other race, because I've heard that expressed by a lot of different people in, in different groups. But what people don't seem to understand is that Acknowledging a person's race or the color of their skin does not automatically equate into delving into a full-blown discussion or acknowledgement of racism and the history of race and, and culture and, and all of that in society. That, you know, there's a time and a place for those conversations. 
Um, and I won't go into that topic here because this isn't what that's about. So when I hear people say, I don't see color, what I think they're really hoping for is to be seen as progressive, accepting, and in some cases, you know, PC or politically correct. You know, they want to show that they're living up to the ideal that they believe Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was was espousing when he had his I dream of I have a dream speech and he talked about his children being judged based on the content of their character and not the color of their skin. But the problem with that type of thinking is that Dr. King didn't say you wouldn't see the color of my skin. He just said he dreamed of a place where I wouldn't be judged by it. And that brings me to the quandary that I'm faced with anytime I hear someone say, I don't see color. You know, is ignoring or discounting a person's color the goal? I mean, are we all hoping for an America as the great melting pot where everybody blends together and becomes indistinguishable from all the other ingredients because we've all been boiled down and all the flavor and nuances that make us unique are extracted and kind of spread around so that you can't tell which came from where. Um, You know, cultural appropriation won't be a thing because, hey, we're all the same. So I can dress in that Indian headdress. I can, you know, wear kente cloth. I can, you know, um, do a, you know, river dance. You know, whatever it is that is culturally relevant and culturally identifiable based on someone's race and background is something that can be spread to everybody because, hey, we're all the same, right? But, you know, what is it about being different that we see as somehow being wrong? Why is it so wrong for you to see that I'm a black woman? Why is it so wrong for me to see that you're Hispanic? or Latina, or Mexican, or Native American, or Cherokee, or, or Asian, or, or Japanese, or, or, or Irish, or Italian. What is it that makes it so wrong for you to see color? Why is seeing the color of my skin something that makes you uncomfortable? Why is it that you don't want to acknowledge the elephant in the room that my skin is different from yours, that my hair is different from yours, that my cultural background and experiences in this country are different than yours. You know, diversity and inclusion initiatives came to the forefront because people didn't want to just be admitted into the room. They didn't want to just say, oh, well, everybody has to be let in now because we're trying to acknowledge, quote unquote, that, you know, we're all here. You know, they want to be accepted and invited to participate fully in the conversations and the activities that happen at the tables that are in those rooms. I mean, you don't have to look very far to see that history and even present day is full of examples of people who've been and continue to be marginalized, discriminated against, hidden, discounted, just because of the color of their skin or their race. No one can say that they honestly don't see color if they're committed to seeing each person as their fully present, authentic, and whole selves. Color may not be what you're using to judge a person at first sight, and that's great if that's what you're doing, but you should be aware that the fact that the color of my skin, for me and for some people, is a fundamental part of our identity of who we are, of who we see ourselves, as who we identify ourselves to be. So if you want to see me, then you have 
to see color. You have to see race. I'm a black woman. I'm an African-American woman. It's a fact I cannot diminish, I can't hide from, I can't discount. There is no way that you're going to look at me and not see that about me. The way I move through the world is always going to be defined by, influenced by, judged by that fundamental fact above anything else. Other people's perceptions, their misconceptions, their opinions, their experiences with blackness, their experiences with other people of color, their experiences with systematic racism, their experiences with affirmative action or reverse racism, their experience with with biases, both subconscious and conscious, all of that influence their interactions, their expectations, their judging, their perception or their belief of what is and how I'm going to be and what this is going to be like. All of that happens a lot of times before I even say a single word. A while back I did an episode um, entitled, you know, why should I care about my hair? Where I, I talked about how it took me 45 minutes to make a decision about whether or not to get a protective style of braids for my hair because I was going to be speaking at corporate conferences and I was going to be um, you know, visible in a number of interviews and I didn't know how people would perceive me as a black woman wearing braids. And ironically enough, the conference where I was going to be speaking was at an employee resource group conference leadership symp- symposium that was focused on diversity and inclusion and having safe spaces for all different types of people to show up and be fully engaged and fully present. Now, if I'm spending 45 minutes thinking about how is my getting braids in my hair going to impact the way other people see me as an expert and as a professional at a conference that is focused on diversity and inclusion and and encouraging employees to be able to show up fully and authentically as their whole selves at work. And I'm having these second thoughts about getting my hair braided for that. That should tell you about how deep this runs in terms of our daily interaction. You know, being a black woman and, and, and navigating the space of being a black woman and constantly wanting to be seen as who I am and not just who you who people thought I was based on what they the caricatures and the characters and, and the nuances of what they saw of, of black and African Americans in, in mainstream society and media and, and art, mu- movies and music videos and so on. And and really it used to be bothersome and quite frankly an annoyance because I just wanted to be me. I just wanted to be Keisha. I didn't want to be representative of all black women. I didn't, be, I didn't want to be representative of African-American girls. I didn't want to be the only. I didn't want to be the other. I didn't want to be singled out. I didn't want you to fully recognize and see and draw these conclusions about the color of my skin and my race and then, and then further extrapolate down to what you perceive to be my abilities or my belonging, or the appropriateness of my being in a certain place. I didn't want to be saddled with the weight of everyone else's baggage and expectations and judgments and nuances or anything else before I could figure out what bags of my own 
that I was carrying. But now that I'm older, and, and I didn't have a choice in that. From, from a very young age, you know, when I was six or seven and I, start, and I started going to school in predominantly white, you know, institutions and walking in that world, I didn't have a choice. But now that I'm older, now that I have a lot more experience navigating this, now that I see that there are so many different nuances to this whole dilemma, and now that I see how it affects and I understand how it, in fact, it affects and impacts me as a woman of color, as a black woman or an African-American woman or whatever label you want to give it, and I look at how this is playing out in everyone else's world for Hispanic Americans, for Native Americans, for Asian Americans, which, by the way, those broad terms fully lump in to one bucket all of these different nuances. You know, Hispanic Americans are Mexican, they're uh, Dominican, they're Spanish, they're, you know, from Puerto Rico. They're, they're all these different nuances within that. Native Americans, they're Cherokee and, and Erica. There's so many different nuances within that. We tend to group things so that we can better understand them. But the problem with grouping people or with whitewashing people or, or removing the nuances of race and culture and color from people is that you remove who they are. It makes it easier for you to diminish or to discount or to do a disservice to, even if it's unintentional, for you to believe that all African-Americans are this, all Native Americans are that, all Hispanic Americans are this, all Asians are that, because you're not seeing the individual person. You're not seeing the individual color. And I look at this debate of do you see color, do you not see color, do you look at this as something that is you know, something to be championed versus something to be, you know, shoved under the rug, I look at this from a couple of different perspectives. You know, I understand the perspective of those who seek to be more inclusive and accepting in their minds by saying that they don't see color because they mean well. They do. They want to say that, hey, this isn't something that I'm using to define you. But they do need to consider it. They do need to add it to the lexicon of, of the broader scope of who I am and, and how, I, how I show up in this world and how I'm received in this world. To say that you don't see color means that you don't see the struggle. You don't see the history. You don't see what's been done and what's being done to me and my people. If you say that you don't see me as a woman, you don't see the softness, the vulnerability. You don't see the discrimination. You don't see the wage gap. You don't see the fact that there's a different set of expectations for me than there is for you. If you say you don't see color, you don't see my, my existence and my struggle as an African-American woman who grew up in the South. You don't see how I navigate the world as a woman of color in, in corporate spaces that are primarily white. You don't see and acknowledge the things that I have to go through and the, and the additional steps that I have to take 
when I am showing up in the world. And not just about the struggle, and it's not just about the history, but it's also that you don't see who I am culturally. You don't see my own vantage point as a woman of color. You don't see the interesting perspectives that I bring to the table. You don't see all of who I am. And while I understand that you mean well in most cases, number one, to not see color is to deny a fundamental part of who I am and all that comes with it, everything that I just mentioned. And two, to see me only as the color of my skin discounts and diminishes the richness of my individual, my cultural nuances, my gifts, my talents, my abilities, my experiences. And when you look at it that way, I know some of you are like, well, shoot, I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. So, So really, what's the answer? The answer is quite simply to see me for all of me the inner and the outer parts that make me who I am. From my dazzling smile, the mischievousness of my eyes, to the quickness of my wit, the depth of my thoughts. You know, appreciate the beauty of my chocolate skin and the confidence and the natural rhythm of my stride. Honor the legacy of my people and acknowledge my pride in being a woman of color. Respect the strength and the fortitude of my character and the love and compassion of my heart. Revel in my laughter, lock arms with me in my struggle to better the world. Validate and acknowledge my tears and my sorrow over the things that I see that happen that affect me differently than they affect you. Understand that when something happens that impacts my race and it impacts my people, it impacts me. I'm not asking you to do anything differently than you would do for yourself. I'm not asking you to consider anything differently than you wouldn't consider for yourself. I'm not asking you to give me anything that is going to diminish or take from you. I am simply asking you to see me, all of me, fully being me as an individual person. The same way you see your children as individuals, the same way you see your friends as individuals, the same way you see members of your family as individuals. Get to know who I am fully. All of me. Not just the parts you can see. Not just the things that you think or believe based on who you see in the mirror, you know, who you see in the window. But looking at me as, as you would look at yourself in the mirror, you don't just see yourself as white or black or Hispanic or Puerto Rican or Dominican or Italian. You don't just see yourself as Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist. You don't just see yourself as woman or male or uh, transgender. You don't just see yourself as one thing. There are so many aspects and so many nuances to who you are. And if you strip any one of them away, you start to diminish parts of who you are. You can't show up fully in the world and be authentically you and be accepted as being authentically you and fully you if parts of who you are are not honored and considered. So two people who say, I don't see color, I understand Seeing color means that there's an acknowledgement of everything that comes with that color. 
seeing color is an acknowledgement of things that have happened and discriminations and things that have happened and, and, and gone awry because of that color. And I understand it's difficult. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. You don't want to deal with it. I get it. But we are going to have to have difficult conversations and we are going to have to learn how to acknowledge the wrongs that were done and the things that happened that were not right while simultaneously having open and honest dialogue about what needs to happen today and moving forward. You cannot see all of me and see me for who I am if you don't see color. Because who I am as a black woman, who I am as an African-American woman that's navigating this space, who I am as a woman with chocolate brown skin is a fundamental component of who I am in my identity. And if you don't see color, you can't see all of me. You can't see all of the nuances that make me me. And you are not giving proper respect to who I am culturally and you're not giving proper acknowledgement to who I am when it comes to my people and my race if you don't see color. So while it's great to say that we would love to say we're in a post-racial society and America's this big melting pot and you know can't we all get along? Getting along and acknowledging my color and seeing my race doesn't mean that you are not living up to the requirements of being politically correct. Seeing my race and seeing my color does not mean that you are somehow ignoring um, everything that makes me a black woman. Um, it doesn't mean that you're ignoring the, the need to be um, welcoming of, of who I am and, and to try to treat me as an equal. Seeing my color actually means that you are one step closer to doing what you're trying to do by saying you don't see color, which is being accepting of me as a person, being supportive of me as a person, being celebratory of me as a person because you're not picking and choosing which parts of me you choose to accept. You're not picking and choosing which parts of me you see as being important. And you're not picking and choosing which parts of me you see as being valid. You cannot say that you don't see color and respect me and fully celebrate all of me because to say that you don't see color means that you're telling me that there's an aspect of who I am that you don't see as being important that you don't see as being worthy of recognition and I, I wanted to do this mic side chat on this particular topic because I work with a lot of organizations in DNI um, and, and diversity inclusion and in some cases equity and belonging. And there are some conversations that are difficult to have and people don't realize that when you say 
you don't see color and you say let's all get along in this melting pot and let's all be a part of this team and let's all strip away all the labels what you're what you're saying is that you don't want to have the difficult conversations you don't want to see people fully for who they are because it's going to be a lot of work for you to understand who people are and how they are and why they do what they do and sometimes you can't get that understanding without fully acknowledging the elephant in the room without fully acknowledging what's in front of your face you can't hide it you can't discount it you can't sweep it under the rug you can't move away from it or turn a blind eye to it me standing in front of you with my chocolate skin shows you that I'm a black woman by you telling me you don't see color means that you don't see a fundamental part of who I am and if you refuse to see a fundamental part of who I am then how can you embrace it how can you understand it how can you celebrate it and how can you become more comfortable with it so that you do not make decisions based on being afraid of it and be based on being afraid of me I can't discount looking at someone and saying, oh, you're Hispanic or you're Muslim or you're Jewish or you know, you're black or you're Native American or, or whatever you are. I can only seek to educate myself about the nuances of your culture, about the nuances of your race, about the nuances of your background, about the nuances of all the things in your experiences that make you who you are. I can't pretend to know just because I'm a woman, what every other woman is going through. Just because I'm a woman of color, what every other woman of color is going through. I can't pretend to say that because I have males, black males, white males, Hispanic males, Asian males that are friends of mine that I understand what everybody in those, in those different groups go through. I can't strip away the parts that I don't want to do the work to get to know and to understand because it's too hard. If I want to see who somebody is, I need to see all of them. So if you're telling me you don't see color, you're telling me that you don't see me. Yeah, there are aspects of my personality that you see, and that's great. There's aspects of, you know, whether I'm attractive to you or not that you see, that's great. But fundamentally, you cannot strip away only certain aspects of people that make you uncomfortable or that you don't know how to deal with just because you don't want to do the work. There's a movie that's one of my favorites, it's Avatar, and there is a greeting that the um, Amatakaya people do um, that says, I see you. And it's not just talking about seeing the external parts of who you are, but it's talking about seeing into you. It's talking about seeing your soul and your spirit and the nuances of who you are and the fundamental components of who you are. But one thing about that is that being a Matakaya, one of the, the, the people, the indigenous people, you cannot see them if you cannot appreciate who they are as a people. And there's a line from that movie that talks about you cannot, uh, it's hard to fill a cup that is already full. 
So if your cup is already full and you thinking and knowing in your own way that you know everything there is to know about my race or you know everything there is to know about my culture and therefore you don't need to be educated, you don't need to be accepting and you don't need to take the time to actually be open to knowing that and welcoming that when you're getting to know me, then there's an aspect of me that you're going to be missing. There's an aspect of who I am that you're going to be missing because you're going to be discounting a whole slate of experiences and a whole slate of ways of thinking about the world and moving within the world and relating to the world. So this episode basically was to get you to start thinking a little bit differently about what it means to see color and race and what that does and how that shows up in our quest for diversity, inclusion, equity, and belonging and just really being decent human beings to each other. Because the same things, the things that make us different, we can sometimes find that those are the same things that bring us closer together because we can actually learn from them if we're willing to have the conversations and if we're willing to be open. This has been Keisha Rivers, Chief Outcome Facilitator and President of the CARS Group. I hope this episode has been insightful for you. Please visit our website at carsgroup.com. That's K-A-R-S group.com. And until next time, change your mindset, master your success. Bye-bye.